0: Hey, everybody. Okay, this is a bonus episode. This is extra. If 15 minutes of Parsha a week is not enough for you, if you're jonesing for more Parsha, then you you may know that I teach a weekly Parsha class here at ICAR in Los Angeles every Thursday at noon uh, Pacific time. You're welcome. Um, we've got folks joining us virtually from places as far away as Japan on, on Zoom. And uh, we've been archiving video edits of the classes on YouTube, but we thought we might try cutting down the one-hour class to about 40 minutes for you, for the listeners of the Best Book Ever podcasts that might not be able to fit a midday class on Thursday into your schedule. So I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy teaching them. Um, if you're interested to attend the class from wherever you are in the world in person, then stick around at the end of the podcast. I'll tell you how to register. Um, Just like the podcast, it's absolutely free and we'd love to have you. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Um, <laughs> our topic today is um, anger, and thank God for grunge, because it's kind of hard to find. Uh, I grew up in the grunge era, right? It's kind of hard. Grunge, punk, like uh, it's kind of hard to find songs that are dedicated to anger. That's not what people uh, people uh, get on the radio, but Allison Chain sure did, and. Um, uh, so and and uh, so thank 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 God for for uh, for the grunge era. Okay, our topic is anger today. You will not be surprised, I think, if I suggest to you that Moses was a grumpy guy, right? Like that's not that's not shocking if 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 we start to think about Moses's character this moses our leader the ultimate prophet the great um the great channel through which the torah comes if we start to say like who was this guy what was he like i'm sure you know within five adjectives we'd have something like moody stormy and even angry he was an angry angry prophet and prophets tend to be angry and that's already something that we might want to think about jeremiah was was angry all the time, right? Hosea was angry. Why why are the prophets angry? It's a big topic actually in our tradition. Anger, right? That the 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 Old Testament, as those in other traditions call it, will sometimes point to the the anger, the severity, the harshness of the of the of the of the of the, of the Torah of the stories in the Torah of the God of the Torah, right? So it's actually quite a big topic. But Moshe, in particular, Moses, in particular, um, he's an angry guy, and um, and one might even say he's got a problem. <laughs> and this week, we're gonna see uh, our we're gonna see uh, that problem start to bubble up. We're gonna see uh, our tradition start to take notice and wonder whether m- Moses is. Is has got something he's got it he's got to work on okay um, so we're gonna look we're gonna look at the case of of Moses's anger and through that begin to think about the big topic of anger in our tradition and in our sacred text okay um, and I guess you know I guess I I will also say I I I, I am an angry guy I get angry. Like it's, it's a character flaw of mine that I'm always struggling with. So I'll at least, I don't, There maybe there's others of you out there. Like this is a big topic, not just because there it is. And what is that human emotion from a distance? But because a lot of us experience it, you know, daily, maybe on the road, maybe, uh, maybe in conversations, maybe, right. It's, it's something I know I work on as we. Here we head towards Rosh Yom Kippur. It's like oh, that seems like it's always one of the topics for me. So I, I, I want to say it's personal also, and maybe it is for some of you as well. So as we work on Moses, we'll also be working on ourselves. Okay. Let's make a blessing and uh, move from, from Alice and in Chains into the into the Torah. Okay. <speaking in Hebrew> thank god for for this space okay okay so let's take a look uh here's a source sheet for today and the thing that we're going to notice right away uh the thing that we pay a lot of attention to in this class and and uh, and that we should pay a lot of attention to when we read the torah we're going to notice a, an unusual word right you, uh, you notice a a very specific word for anger we're going to start paying attention to that word because there are a lot of words for anger, but this is an unusual one. Okay, so let's let's begin. Um, we are where are we? We are in the last two parshot of the Torah, or together the last parsha of the Torah, matot Maseh, And um, uh, th- those uh, the, the, one of the one of the first things that we hear about in there's a there's a section on on vows, and then there's it, I must say these last parts are, are difficult because it seems like a catalog of last, oh, we should say this, we should, we should, we should give these laws, we should map out the boundaries of the land. It's a, the book of numbers started with details and it seems to end in details. But there are some moments of narrative kind of interspersed, and one of them um is in response to. Um early on in this week's reading, there's a command. Mo, uh, God gives Moshe a, a command to, to to attack the Midianites. Attack the Midianites. And Midian is a huge region full of enemy nations, um, sort of to the to the east-southeast of, of of the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. And we're to attack the Midianites. And presumably the the, the the reason to attack the Midianites that is most fresh in our ears is that the Midianites um, and specifically the Moabites um, have been trying to undermine the people of Israel as Israel comes in. We know that the King of Moab uh, was very freaked out and tried to get the prophet Bilam to curse. Uh, Israel. And then after that, there's this, there's this uh, scene of of just sort of mass orgy, essentially. And I mean that in all the ways. In, a, in other words, there are Moabite women seducing the men of Israel and then seducing them to worship their God. So there's like sexuality and idolatry in some mass frenzy. And God responds with a plague. God gets angry. Okay, so there's a we're already talking about that God gets angry response with the plague and Pinchas the priest comes in and um attacks one of the one of the Israelites who's cavorting with a Moabite woman and stops the plague through that that's that's a story it's a classic story it's a story we read about um in last week's Torah portion pressure Pinchas okay so that's that the midianites they were they almost got us they almost ruined us it was really our fault right but they are trying to get us and we really have to defeat them and god says now Surat to midianim defeat the midianites and and they go out and they defeat the midianites and they um and they bring back the spoils of war and listen to uh, them coming back and Moses's response when he hears how the battle went, okay? And this is it. Vayik tzof. Vayik tzof Moshe. Tzof Moshe. That's the word that we're going to be looking at, tzof Moshe. Moses became angry, okay? That's one of the words that we're going to use for anger. Uh, that's one of the words that we have for anger Initially, I just wanted to show you that this is a word for anger by moshe. but right away, i'm gonna I'm I want to give it a very specific quality and uh, the i'm gonna I'm gonna use the word enraged, okay? And the reason I'm gonna use the word enraged, um let me let me uh, let me let me finish the, the i haven't even made it through the first sentence let me let me finish this this section moses became enraged with the commanders of the army the officers of the thousands and the officers of the hundreds who had come back from the military campaign okay moses is enraged furious and unusual bursts into anger and that's a that's unsettling why is moses lost his temper when they seem to have been successful well the reason is even more disturbing than the fact of the anger itself. Moses said to them, you've spared all of the women. You spared every female. Yet they are the very ones who, at the bidding of Bilaam the prophet, in- induced, really seduced the Israelites to trespass against the Eternal in the matter of Peor, that's their God, Bal Peor, so that the plague struck the congregation of the inter- Eternal. Okay. Okay, so Moses is like, you let the women live? Are you kidding me? You're supposed to kill everybody. Women weren't innocent. The women were the problem. You should have killed all the women. So Moses is raging and his rage is because we were were too merciful. Apparently they they had attended to some kind of standard of laws of war, no women and children kind of thing. And Moses says, no, kill them all and he's enraged, and it's a very specific word, and I wanna translate it as rage, and let me just do, we'll just do a little etymological work here. There are lots of words for anger in the Torah. Probably the most common is lecharot um, is, uh, af, uh, um, that is uh, to, to be um, flaring of the nostrils, literally, is the idiom, but that's the one we, v'yichar af, uh, that's the one we see most commonly associated with God and other characters, Vayichar, That's very common. I don't know what the verb vayichar lecharot or lachrot, I'm not sure which one, but um but to to flare. And then there's kaas, just the word the standard word we use for anger. There's zaam, which is like stormy anger, um rogez, um fury, fury. But this one is um, liktsov. And some of you may, if you speak Hebrew, modern Hebrew, you may know the word. What is liktsov? You may know the word ketzef. Do you know the word ketzef? What is ketzef? Anyone nodding out there? Ketzef is, ah, Yael knows. Yael? Foam. Foam. Beautiful. Exactly. He, you
1: got, he got foamed on up. Your, on your what? He got foamed up or yeah, that's right. stirred up. That's right.
0: Frothing with rage is the way I would translate it. Uh, that I think is a very frothing over, like foaming at the mouth. That's the kind of anger that we're talking about here. Um, whipped cream in modern Hebrew is katzefe, right? right. Um, f- foaming at the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. Okay. So he's like so angry because you didn't kill these women who so almost ruined everything. Moses is so angry, and Rashi notices that. Rashi notices. Wait, some, this is this is a problem. This is a little too much. But Rashi doesn't say anything at first. Rashi enters the conversation in a very interesting way. Just a few verses later a few verses later, so Moses got so enraged by Yitzchoth Moshe, and a few verses, this is 14 through 16, and then in verse 21 we read, Eleazar the priest said to the troops who had taken part in the fighting, this is, and he gives them some instructions, the laws, you collected all of these like gold and silver and copper items, but you have to purge them of impurity, they have to be kosher, this is in fact one of the sources we use for the for the idea of of koshering, of making kosher vessels so eleazar the priest says this is what you do and this is what god commanded moses you with for gold silver copper iron tin and lead any article that can withstand fire these you shall pass through fire and they'll should be pure except that then after you have to put water on it et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. okay so the basic idea is you collected these like metal objects but you have to just purify them with fire okay why why am i why am i bringing you here what's unusual about this moment about this if you're rashi uh or you're one of our commentators and you want to say wait this that's odd okay so moses is not talking here and rashi suddenly sees his opportunity and jumps in and makes a connection. What's going on with Moshe? So let's take a look. What Rashi says, this is this is an important Rashi. This Rashi will sort of shape the rest of our conversation. So Rashi says, Elazar the priest said, why didn't Moses say? Moshe lichlal kas ba lichlal ta'ut. Okay, this is a principle because Moses became enraged, in this case, actually, I'm going to change, became um, angry, right? Because Rashi used the, uses the more standard word. Because Moses became angry, he began making mistakes. Ta'ut is mistake. And he forgot all of the laws of purging foreign vessels. Okay? And like This is like a very, very deep, very quick, deep psychological cut here. Moses was so angry he began to forget Torah. He began. He, he wasn't. He, he God had told him this, but he didn't. He couldn't remember it. Now that's a serious thing to say about the great prophet of Israel. Not only that he has an anger problem, but and, and that it it gets out of control, but that it causes him to screw up his most central and 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 the most central task in 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 our story which is his role in delivering the word of god he cannot do that because he's too angry okay so i want us to think about um i want us to think about what the connection is between anger and this sort of forgetfulness, this sort of uh, this 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 sort of um, uh, lapse in consciousness. I want us to think about that. Um, and so I'm going to open it up soon. But before I do, I want to just show us the rest of this Rashi because Rashi gives us that's that's an interesting connection he he made. Right? He saw that Moses got angry, and then he saw somebody else was instructing. Aha! So Moses must have forgotten the laws. Okay. Uh, that's that's kind of a neat connection. How do you know that's true? But actually Rashi comes in and he gives us a couple of other examples because it turns out we've seen Moses um, katsaf, Moses become frothing over with rage. We've seen that happen before. So let's see what, 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 else, what Rashi adds. You see this also happened on the day of inaugurating the Mishkan, the tabernacle. As it is said, and it did say back there, in Leviticus, and Moses was enraged with Eleazar and Itamar, two of Aaron's sons. He became angry and then began making mistakes. Now, do you need to know the backstory here? Not really, but just in case you want to know the backstory, here it is in Leviticus. Moses is angry. Why? Because they offered a sacrifice And they didn't, there's the laws you're supposed to eat part of the sacrifice, the priests eat part of the sacrifice in the sanctuary. And they didn't do it. And he's, what in you? You didn't follow the laws. You didn't eat part of the sacrifice. I already told you you have to do that. And this is inauguration day. And um, meanwhile, this all is the moment after Aaron's two other sons have just died. And so Aaron responds to Moses, what? You know, this is the day that they brought their sin offering and their burden offering before the eternal, meaning my other sons, and such things have befallen me. I've just experienced tremendous loss. If I had rejoiced in eating the offering, if I had eaten the sin offering today, would God really have wanted that? I'm in a state of despair. You want me, you really think that I should be um, enjoying the, the the bloody meat of the sacrifices? don't you think that my mourning counts for something? Okay, so that's the backstory. Again, you don't need to keep track of that, but it is an example of just how insensitive Moses was. He's enraged with these two boys who just lost their older brother, right? He's enraged with Aaron who just lost his sons because they didn't follow the law. And then as soon as Aaron responds, Moses says, oh, you're you're right. You're right, that doesn't make any sense. I shouldn't be asking you to do something so surely God understands what am I what am I thinking here right so Moses Rashi now has spotted a pattern for us and the pattern is Moses loses it and then he loses information right? he loses his mind a little bit and he stop- he he can't focus anymore and there's something about about Moses that like we keep seeing this happen. We keep seeing this happen. Okay. Okay. And then Rashi gives one more example. And this is interesting because so far Rashi has been paying attention to this unusual word and Rashi noticed we saw it once we saw it once before and then Rashi throws in a third example but in the third example, we don't actually have that word. So that's interesting. Rashi just gives us another example but actually it is the most classic example the example is, and so too when Moses said, "Shimuna hamorim, listen, you rebels!" And Moses, uh, he smote. Let's change that. And he struck. He struck the rock, and it's through his anger that he made the mistake. So. This makes sense in one way because it's the same pattern. He gets angry and then he screws up. And this is the punishment for which Moses, or this is the sin for which Moses was punished with not being able to enter the land of Israel. So it's very serious. It is maybe the ultimate example of Moses losing his cool. But it's interesting that Rashi throws that in because it doesn't have that word that we've been tracking. Okay. So in other words, the word is... uh, is a, an alert to us that Moses's anger is bubbling, frothing over. But Rashi says, but you know what? We can just see this in Moshe in general. In general, that Moshe is the kind of person who flies into rage and then forgets things. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, so I wanna, I wanna think with you a little bit about that. There's a bit of rabbinic psychology there that that when, when Moses gets angry, he begins to make mistakes. Terrible, terrible mistakes. Some insensitive, some, I mean, look at all these moments. You should have killed the women. You know, you should have eaten the food after right after your sons died, right? And then the moment of rage that actually loses him his entry into the land of Israel. Moses is doing these really egregious that's just making little mistakes but really we're seeing a side of him we don't want to see so what is that all about what is the connection between anger and forgetfulness and um a kind of an occlusion of consciousness and i know that that's a that's a very difficult question to answer so let me throw one more thing into the mix and then i'm going to turn to the group it isn't actually um surprising that rashi is critiquing anger because the rabbis in general we're very, very suspicious of anger. Anger was something that if the Torah is full of it, the rabbis seem to be backing away from it. They don't like anger. And here is one of the most famous rabbinic statements of the problem with anger and it's really it's put in very stark terms. So I'm going to give you this and then I'm going to open up the conversation so that we can think is about what their philosophy of anger is. What is the rabbinic philosophy of anger? But here's a really, really strong statement. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says in the name of Chilfa bar Agra, who said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, and here's the statement. Anyone who rips his clothes in anger or breaks vessels in anger, people throw things around the house or throws his money into the air in anger. This is like a movie scene. Here, take it, take it. <laughs> you know, throwing the uh, $100 bills at you. You should regard them as if they had committed idolatry. <inaudible> for this is the practice of the evil instinct the yetzer hara this is what the yates that the evil urge inside of us does today it should really be it tells someone to go and do this and tomorrow it says go and do that it's commanding you to do these things and then one day it says go worship idols and that person goes and worships okay that's also a little confusing but there's some suggestion there Anger is like idolatry because both of them are just the evil urge inside of you telling and you're just following that urge you're following that urge okay so um so now we've got a couple of very interesting statements from the rabbis about what anger does it causes you to forget things it causes you to become a monstrous person it causes you to become an idolater—the the the worst thing that the that this tradition can say you are. So what what do you think? What do you, what are they saying there about anger? Let's 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 turn that over. Let's analyze that a little bit, Alex Weiss.
1: Yeah, I think um, this connection to forgetfulness, I think inherently comes from this imagery of of anger as being like a fire. Um, where in, in you know speaking of uh, vessels the way that uh, you can permanently purify a vessel is is through fire um so that's a, a fun connection there but really um like a fire can be uh all consuming and, and get out of control um it's it's not a particularly agile emotion um unless if you know something gets poured onto the fire that extinguishes it i think of when aaron responds to Moshe. Um, and then he realizes that he's, he's <laughs> uh, not exactly being particularly sensitive to the situation. Um, I think of any time you know, that I've been angry, um, it takes realizing uh, how out of control uh, I'm being to kind of snap me back into it. Um, whereas with other emotions, you can be a lot more dynamic. But really, this all-consuming nature consumes really everything else. When, you, you kind of, you know, when you're seeing red, you get this, this tunnel vision. Um, where everything else just gets consumed until something kind of snaps you out of it.
0: Okay, I appreciate all of those very vivid descriptions of this of this state of being. So let me let me respond in two. W- I just want to amplify two um, implications of what you're saying, Alex. Compares anger to a fire. And I think that's right. That was right because right, this that's it's right to begin thinking about the physical descriptions of anger that the Torah seems to be working with here, right? Because um, we're dealing with Ketzef, <laughs> right? Foam, froth, frothing at the mouth. So the Torah wants us to think physically about like pfft, bubbling over, right? Um, Vayichara, the most the common af, the, the, the flaring of the nostrils, you know, like there's, in all, a lot of these descriptions of anger seem to be taking over your body they are manifesting in you in a way that is it is out of your out of, out of your control um, and as as alex framed it again and again it's this force that's out of control and the other thing that i want to just like tease out of alex's uh, uh, alex's um fr- framing there is that you know if anger is a fire then we might notice uh, the way that fire god gets angry in the torah and fire breaks out that happens so fire is is one of it's it's like a literal metaphor you know like the, when god is, breaks out in rage something breaks out in the world there are physical manifestations of anger in us and as we witness the rage of god often what we're talking about is the raging fire or the raging plague or the raging right um we even saw that uh god got angry at uh it, because of the the, um, the idolatry at moab and a plague breaks out okay so this is like physical descriptions so all of that is very 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 helpful okay um let's see uh larry zuckerman but the larry's
1: uh, seat me. <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: Laura Zuckerman. Nice Hi, Laura. to see you. And thank you. This is really edifying. Um, and so I was going to ask if um, when we talk about a strong emotion, we sometimes say our judgment is clouded. Mm-hmm. And then I would go further and say clouded by what? Mm-hmm. And usually that has to do with our ego. Mm-hmm. Um, this has to do with us mm-hmm. and not God. So we replace one for the other, which is a form of idolatry, except the graven image is mine.
0: Beautiful and profound and also very precise, very, that you, you, you really put that in, 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 in very quick, quick phrasing there. There Thank is you. something about anger, I think you're tapping right into the rabbinic um, theory of anger here, There's something about anger that is idolatrous because you're you're serving yourself. you're upset about something you didn't get something you want something to be a certain way and you're following that. right Your God is now you or your feeling or your you know like this this uncontrollable force that's with that's within you is, is grounded in your own uh, your own sense of the way things ought to be and that's your God now. Right? So that's like thats a, that's a very that's a that's a very startling kind of uh, uh, that's a very startling uh, kind, of, kind of theological critique of anger, but I think I think Laura's tapping right into it. Um, Susan Schlesinger. Um, Agnes
2: I feel like I really love Jen's point. It's well taken I'm sort of folding it into my thinking here. It feels like I'm, I'm fixated on the way Rashi talks about anger, Ka'as, and my like middling Hebrew makes me think that literally is almost like comes to a habit of anger, like where the general state is one of anger. It's different from like getting angry in one moment. It's like your trigger is just so light that you sort of something happens and all of a sudden you interpret it. And I think it happens interpersonally where you're in a bad relationship with somebody and you everything they do seems like outrageous and you rush to an interpretation of it as in the worst possible way. And I feel like it's almost like a shortening of that space of interpretation of somebody else's actions. And it feels like that image of Yitzhak of bubbling over fits with that. Because it's like when the water level is super high in the vessel, it's easy for it to overflow. Whereas Mm -hmm. if the water level is high, there's room for it to grow. And it feels like there's something in those moments when God gets angry, the way God cools down is by negotiating and talking and reinterpreting the situation. That's what how, so it feels like, I don't know it feels like there's something about that what is it it's not just about being angry it's about being in a habit of anger where your interpretive trigger is really light and you jump to an interpretation of somebody else's actions that comes from just being worn down and not having the energy to like see all the possible paths of understanding what somebody else has done yeah
0: yeah yeah that's thanks thanks that's helpful agnes brings us back to and 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 rightly brings us back to that rashi that first got us thinking because rashi Um, is describing uh, uh, I I think I think Agnes is 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 right to remind us even of the language that Rashi uses. I translated as he became angry but literally it's Moses comes into the the general state The kind of all a klal is like a general state of anger. And in that state like it's totalizing it's klal. it's not like you lost your temper but it's like you entered into another all consuming domain and it's just you're now in a different state a different reality and then you know we can begin to think what's different in that state the 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 synapses are firing too quickly the things are the container um uh can't hold the the everything is bubbling up too hot in there right so um, great. Um, Marlene.
1: Um, in the three examples of Pharaoh and God and Moses, it's only said about Moses that his anger is leading him to make mistakes. So I'm wondering if that, I'm not sure what that means, but it seems like it's a, it's a humanizing of him. Mm-hmm. and. I grew up in an extremely angry household with an extremely angry father 24 seven, and nobody could cut into telling him that he was making horrible mistakes by doing this. So I'm interested in the, the sort of human aspect of how do, how do we interrupt the anger? How do we interrupt the making of mistakes? And, and God, who told Moses that he was going to be making these mistakes? Yeah, and and what, do we, what do we do with that as, as humans?
0: Yeah. Thanks for that perspective, Marlene. Um, yeah, it sounds like scary stuff. Um, that 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 is a really interesting way of, of 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 thinking about this problem that we've been kind of turning over all along. Was is what is it about this state of anger that is so over the top that first of all you start to make mistakes? But secondly, like you've crossed the line into something that the rabbis call idolatrous, like you're following some other force, some other God. And I just, I think those two concepts are related as Marlene expresses them. It's like, I'm no longer capable of making a mistake. I'm not even checking myself. I'm beyond question, right? When I'm in my rage, it's not like, I'm angry about this. Well, well, here's here's a counterpoint. Oh, thanks for telling me that. I'm listening to you're not listening to anyone. And there's a kind, it's again, you're being in this all consuming state. You're in this all consuming state. And there's like, there's no room for error because it's all, all about how right you are. And in that state, of course, you're making tons of errors because you aren't God, you're human, right? Okay, all right. Um, I want to point one last thing out before we close, because I noticed something that I think is worth reflecting on a little bit, right? We, we, we have three cases of of anger, uh, of rage, of frothing rage here. We have Moses, who's gotten frothing angry at least a couple of times, and certainly angry enough to to really do damage more more times than that in the Torah. We have Pharaoh. Who got angry and threw two men into prison. By the way, he that also is a mistake. He later pulls one of them out. So he made a mistake about that. And then we've got God, who's described as as, as with the same language. But take a look at all of the descriptions of God flying into a rage. See if you notice something um, that all of these all of these um descriptions have in common. All right. Um, again. Uh, Moses becomes angry. Pharaoh becomes angry. Now God, uh, first of all, here's Aaron and Moses just asking, will you become enraged? Then Moses tells the people that the eternal heard the sound of your complaint and became enraged. Then Moses says, I was in dread of the eternal's anger and fury when God was enraged and sought to wipe you out. Remember and do not forget how you enraged the eternal, your God in the wilderness from the day you went out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place. So what do all those descriptions of God's rage have in common? They're all Moses's description of God understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, a, it's important. It's like an, a, a, a subtle difference because it's a difference in narration, but it's an important one. If we look at the description of Moses becoming angry, it's like the narrative voice of the Torah just says, Moses became angry. That's where we started, right? Moses became angry. That's the objective voice of the Torah, so to speak. But in all of the descriptions of God becoming angry in this way, it's all Moses' voice it's different right pharaoh again the Torah says pharaoh becomes enraged, but when it comes to God it's always Moses that is using the language of frothing rage to describe God's anger now don't get me wrong God gets angry a lot in the Torah but it's it's always a different word that's used to describe God's anger the language uh, that we've been tracking this frothing rage it is used to describe God but only by Moshe now what do you make of that? What do you make of that? All right, I see Ariella and Leah have hands up. Either of you have a thought on this?
1: Yeah, yeah well.
0: Ariella, please.
1: My thought is since Moshe is the one interacting with God, Moshe is, is the one recounting God's anger. And in some ways, Moshe recounts God's anger as to tell the people, you better watch it. Look how frothy God can get.
0: It's kind of
1: a way of keeping um, the people in line.
0: Okay, good. So one we see Moses describing God as frothing with rage again and again and again. And one way of reading that is that Moshe, Moses sees God. Moses taught, Moses knows God's rage in a way that nobody else. And Moses is the one that has to go before God. So Moses is just reporting, God gets this angry too, right? This thing that you've seen me bubble up into, the the ultimate version of that is, is God, right? Okay, that's one way of understanding it but I want to just suggest that another way of understanding what's going on here is that Moshe sees in God an anger that is actually something he knows from inside of himself right Moshe knows what it is to be va'ikhtsof to get frothing with rage the Torahs never actually described God that way, described Pharaoh that way. <laughs> so that's like a, not, a, not a sweet comparison. But Moshe knows that feeling, describes Moses that way. And then Moshe starts to talk about God. And Moshe presumes that God feels the same kind of anger that Moshe feels inside of himself. In other words, I look out into the world and I see an angry God because I am angry. And I see my anger in the angry God, right? I think it's actually most it's, it's, it's in some ways best expressed in this last example here, where Moshe says, remember that you enraged God, you made God angry. And, and why? Because you have been rebels against the eternal. Now who's saying that? Moshe's saying that you've been rebels. In fact, That was the same language that Moshe used in that third example that Rashi gave us Moshe said here now you rebels and he struck the rock. In other words, Moshe is the one that thinks of these people as rebels and he is the one that's been enraged by them. And he only just assumes that God feels the same rage that he feels. Now, God is an angry figure in the Torah and that requires many more classes of thought and exploration. But this particular anger that Moshe sees in God, it is possible that he only sees it in God because it's a projection of something inside of himself. And if that's the case, then that truly is an act of idolatry because he's turned his own anger into a God. Right? So that that might be a way of understanding that classic rabbinic statement that one who lets go into their anger ki'ilu, it's as if they're they've they've served uh, they've served uh, idolatry. Okay, so it's a little tour through frothing rage in the Torah. I will uh, see you next week. Chazak, chazak, venit chazek. We finished now the book of Numbers, and next week we begin the book of Devarim of Deuteronomy. See you next week, everybody. Okay, that's it. A taste of our weekly Parsha class. Uh, I want to thank everyone who came to the class, some of whose voices you may have heard today, uh, some you didn't because the podcast has been edited. So just want to thank everybody. Um, And speaking of editing, I want to thank also our uh, editor, Vera Blossom, for her great work. If you'd like to join our class sometime, and come and and join our our circle of, of Torah geeks, you can find us uh, again, Thursdays, 12 p.m. online at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And, uh, and if you go to the calendar, uh, then you can find a Zoom link and just click in. And um, and in the section uh, on the website uh, that that uh, we keep our classes, you can if you click on Parsha Study, you'll find all of our archived classes and source sheets and everything we discuss there. So if you're looking for a regular Parsha class, I'd love to see you. Um, and, uh, and in the meantime, I will talk to you next week.